0: makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. It's a night's broadcast of Corbett Report Radio. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you as always from the sunny climes of western Japan, and that was, of course, the remarkable speech, the immortal words of Mario Savio on the steps of Sprout Hall at Berkeley on December 2nd, 1964, and I'm sure you've heard that speech before, and I'm sure I'll play it again in the future, because those words are no less true for us here today, facing all the myriad ills and evils that we are facing than they were for the students at Berkeley in the 1960s who were protesting for their right to have freedom of speech and freedom of political activity and assembly. And exactly as those people there in 1964 had to speak out and make those types of speeches to indicate that they will not go along with the system that is trying to enslave them and trying to repress them and trying to tell them what to do, so too must we here today on January 18th, 2012, make the exact same commitment and use that same resolve to come together and to truly stop and end this tyranny that is going on in the world today. So I hope you're on board for tonight's broadcast, because it's going to be a whirlwind of information. And of course, this is the 18th of January 2012 in America, where there is a, a coordinated Blackout on the Internet going on on dozens of major mainstream websites from Google to Wikipedia to Reddit to WordPress, etc., trying to raise awareness of the Internet-destroying bills, the SOPA bill in the House and the PIPA bill in the Senate that would seek to give the uh, U.S. government unprecedented, unprecedented ability to strike down any website that they thought or said or accused of Infringing on intellectual property, which we, I think we all know, you and I and everyone listening to this broadcast is an excuse to go after any website that they deem that they don't like. And that could be he, me here on com. It could be Republic Broadcasting at RepublicBroadcasting.org. It could be any of the many, many, many websites that have arisen in recent years to speak out against the tyranny and to shine a light on all of the dark corners and recesses of government and business and finance and all of the things they don't want you to know about, the Internet having such a devastating effect that they have no choice but to try to come out with this absolutely incredible, off-the-charts tyranny, and we have to stand here and say it will not pass. Because this, my friends, this is the biggest secret, the one that they can't let you know, because once this cat is out of the bag... The game is up. The game is over for them. And the secret is that we, the people, have and have always had the power. The power rests in you and me and the people who are listening to this broadcast and the people generally. It does not rest in Washington, D.C. It does not rest with any government official wearing whatever money uniform or shiny badge or whatever they want to dress up in to try to presume to be able to tell people how to operate their lives. It rests in the people themselves. If you go along with the enslavement, then you are enslaved. And if you will not go along with it, then you are free. It is a mental decision and one that we make each and every day with every action that we perform. So tonight on the broadcast, we're going to go through Example after example after example after example of how the people have stood up throughout history against oppressive tyrants and have won time and time and time again. We give our consent to what's happening and we can withdraw it at any time. That, my friends, is the solution. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight on Corbett Report Radio. Cool in your You can't stop this night. All right, friends, welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we are standing in solidarity with all of those fighting for the future of the Internet. And, of course, you can find out more information about the protests that are going on worldwide right now over the threatened SOPA and PIPA legislation that would seek to destroy, limit, and curtail free speech on the Internet at SOPAstrike.com. And I'm sure many of you will have noticed the various blackouts that are going on on different sites today to try to raise awareness of this legislation and uh, the absolute tyranny that it seeks to bring in. But tonight is not a night for cowering in our boots or giving into fear or saying that, oh no, they have taken over, they have won. The exact opposite is the case, and I'm going to show that through hundreds of examples. And there are so many, we can only begin to scratch the surface, but they touch on every aspect of our lives, and in every single case it's the exact same thing. We give our consent to the government of the time and we can withdraw it at any time none of their tyranny none of their made-up rules or regulations have any authority over us if we do not want it and if we stand against it there is nothing that they can do to Im- impose their will on us except for the jackboots on the ground and the, the guns to our heads but even that really is just an illusion because the uh, jackboots themselves are not empty-headed zombies. They are people, too, and they will go along with the population in case after case after case. This is not a theory. This is something that has been proven time and again through history. So let's start going through some of that history. And since tonight we are focused on the SOPA strike and, and all of the protests that's going on to raise awareness of this legislation that we've talked about here on Corbett Report Radio in the past I want to go through some of the recent developments on this story and take a look at the way it's developed, because I think it's extremely instructive into how the whole PSYOP works, and there are multiple levels of this PSYOP, and they have different game plan strategies depending on how the public reacts and what they do at various times, and again, we'll see that through some of the examples that we're going to go through tonight. But let's start for, with a story from last week that I'm sure many of you picked up on. I certainly did while well, I was uh, keeping my eye on the SOPA news. And this one was particularly interesting. The story broke on January 13th last week. DNS provision pulled from SOPA victory for opponents. And it says, uh, in a move the technology sector will surely see a, as a victory, a controversial anti-piracy bill being debated in Congress will no longer include a provision that would require internet service providers to block access to overseas websites accused of piracy. And and note that, accused of piracy. There is no there is no due process. There's no process of law going on here. It's an accusation that could be leveled by anyone for any reason, and that would literally block the access to that website uh, for the entirety of America. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, going on with this story again from CNET News, Representative Chairman, Uh, Lamar Smith, who you might remember last week, we exposed as being a copyright violator on his very own website. One of the biggest backers of the Stop Online Piracy Act today said he plans to remove the domain name system requirements from the Stop Online Piracy Act. After consultation with industry groups across the country, Smith said in a statement released by his office, I feel we should remove DNS blocking from the Stop Online Piracy Act so that the committee can further examine the issues surrounding the provision. Blah, blah, blah. So, hooray, yay, go team. We won that victory. They're going to pull the DNS provision from SOPA, a major part of their tyranny grab uh, taken away from under them. So it just goes to show standing up uh, means victory, and the people win again. But not so fast. Coming out just yesterday, January 17th, on Geekosystem.com, SOPA is back in action and off the shelf, just in time for the blackouts. So that's right, there was some a lot of hand-wringing about whether the blackout should go forward on January 18th, whether websites should, should go black and, and put out information about SOPA. It seems, after all, we'd already won. The DNS provisions had been pulled the previous week. So what was the point of the blackout? Well, it comes out yesterday. This from Geekosystem.com. It should come as no surprise that SOPA has come back off its proverbial shelf, but feel free to be sur- surprised that it can come back so fast. A mere four days after announcing he was dropping the DNS blocking provisions of the bill and putting it on the shelf until a consensus was reached, Representative Lamar Smith has brought SOPA back out to play, and just in time for the January 18th SOPA block blackouts. So here we see the system at work. Here is part of the psyop. Let's play dead. Let's play possum. Okay, you guys win. Oh, we're we're gonna take it out. Trust us. It's it's gone. We're gonna gut this legislation. It probably won't even get out of committee. You guys can just back off. Stand down, troops. Stand down. You've won the war. We give up. We give up. And as soon as people start questioning it, and oh, are we overreacting? Oh, maybe we should back off. Oh, is there the need for the blackout? Out they come. Hey, guess what? Back on. Let's do it. Let's go right ahead with all of those provisions we we said we were going to take off the table. Well, why not? So, and and the uh, the cavalier attitude that they in which they do this it absolutely smacks of a type of total arrogance that would be impossible if they weren't used to doing this in the past and succeeding every time they do it. Because, again, the entire trick is just to make you stand down, make you believe that it's it's all okay, you don't have to look anymore, and as soon as you're not looking, they'll try something behind your back. And when you are looking, well, they'll try to convince you that, uh, that oh, you don't have any power to stop us anyway, ha, 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 ha. But the joke is on them because once again, the people always win. So the blackouts went ahead today, January 18th, 2012. And lo and behold, now support for the legislation is dropping like flies. So we have this from the hill.com from today. Five key senators abandon online piracy bills amid web protests. Congressional support for controversial online piracy legislation eroded dramatically on Wednesday in the face of an unprecedented online protest supported by high-tech titans such as Google, Wikipedia, and Facebook. Several key senators withdrew their support from the Senate's Protect IP Act, including Tea Party favorite Senator Marco Rubio and Senator Roy Blunt, an elected member of his party's leadership. Senator John Cornyn, who leads the Senate's GOP, a uh, campaign team said the legislation should be put on hold, while Senator Orrin Hatch, a sponsor and the ranking member of the Senate Finance Committee, retreated from the bill. Senator John Boozman also withdrew his sponsorship. So once again, the people continue to step up, and the, the cockroaches continue to scurry away into a corner and don't make make no mistake about this. This isn't some final victory over the, uh, the Internet, the would-be tyrants of the Internet. This is just a temporary victory, as they all are. They're all temporary, because the cockroaches will scurry out as soon as the lights go off. That's why we have to continue to press on these issues and to let them know who is the boss, because the people are the boss. That is the system. That's the way it works. And unless we stand up and speak out, they will go and they will take every single inch that we allow them to have on the terrain of tyranny. But here's a good case point example of what we're dealing with and how we can deal with it. Of course, people will know, or many people will know by now, that GoDaddy, which is one of the most most used domain name registrants on the Internet, was originally in support of SOPA, and uh, you can go and read. There's uh, an excerpt from its statement that they released earlier uh, last month about SOPA, and you can read that on gizmodo.com on a story called As If You Needed Another Reason to Hate GoDaddy. And GoDaddy was saying at the time, quote, This week, the House of Representatives introduced its long-awaited bill, H.R. 3261, aimed at protecting the intellectual property of hardworking Americans, U.S. businesses, and the American public from the harm that necessarily flows from the purchase of counterfeit goods. So far, none of our voluntary action has stifled legitimate capitalism online, and neither will robust intellectual property enforcement. At GoDaddy, we are proud of our best practices and believe that they exemplify a model for the rest of the ecosystem. Et cetera, Etc. Cetera, et cetera, GoDaddy basically saying, oh, SOPA, it's great. It's the best thing since sliced bread. If you're against it, you must be one of those evil terrorists or someone who's against the idea of, uh, of people having uh, rights over their own work. But oddly enough, that sparked a bit of concern among people who are interested about this technological tyranny that's coming along the down the line. And so, lo and behold, people started a massive boycott of GoDaddy. Not just a boycott, but actually withdrawing the support. So getting webmasters to sign on with withdrawing their domain name registration from GoDaddy and taking the heart out of the beast. And on, uh, in the latter half of December, there came this idea and December 29th was pegged as the Leave GoDaddy Day. And, uh, people lined up to sign off of GoDaddy for their unconscionable support of this kill-the-internet legislation. And so, lo and behold, after that uh, the campaign started to gain momentum, just a few days before it was to take effect on December 29th, well, December 23rd, GoDaddy came out with this new message about SOPA. GoDaddy no longer supports SOPA. <laughs> Quote, "...fighting online piracy is of the utmost importance, which is why GoDaddy has been working to help craft revisions to this legislation." But we can clearly do better. It's very important that all internet stakeholders work together on this. Getting it right is worth the wait. GoDaddy will support it when and if the internet community supports it. <laughs> End quote. So there you go. There is GoDaddy rolling over and saying, "Okay, guys, you win. Oh, don't don't leave our business. Uh, we'll we'll withdraw our support for this thing, which we were absolutely." Raising to the moon the, the week before. Now now we'll turn around and say the exact opposite, because you guys want us to. Which, in some respects, well, that's the very point of a protest. That's the very point of this type of boycott. So, mission accomplished. But still, the fact that GoDaddy doesn't seem to understand at all what the major concerns about this legislation are, or why people would be upset at them for supporting it, uh, well, it bespeaks of uh, the smacks of something uh, approaching, well, not just hypocrisy, just... Absolute, out out and out, doing whatever it takes to just be part of wherever the wind is blowing. So if they think that political winds are blowing in support of SOPA, they'll go with it. If it's blowing against them, they'll go with that. So that's what we're really facing here, is a system that doesn't know how to react when people stand up en masse, other than to go along with it, to get along. And once again, it comes down to our our choice our pocketbooks, we fund these companies that support this legislation we support the, uh, the the elected members of Congress or the Senate by voting for them, even when they pass ridiculous legislation like the NDAA, so we can withdraw that support at any time and take the carpet out from under them so when we come back, we'll continue going with example after example from the past of how this has worked in the past on Corbett Report Radio <laughs> Of danger. Welcome Everyone back to the program, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com. And tonight we're going through a solution, perhaps the solution, perhaps the only solution, when you really take a look at it to the problems that we see coming from government and trying to be instituted from on high, like this SOPA and PIPA and other Internet-killing legislation, or the NDAA, or any of the other things that we're facing. And the solution... Is you. It's looking in the mirror and deciding that we are mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. And once we have made that decision and show that decision through resolve and through action, there is nothing they can do to legislate our conscience. We cannot be made to go back in the box. And every single time that the people stand up, we win. We advance, they retreat. We stand up, they back down. The exact opposite is the case. As soon as we look the other way, they start up again. Once we, ad- once we retreat, they advance. Once we back down, they stand up. So it is a teeter totter, and the only way to win is to just stand on that teeter totter and not start jumping, not start getting off, not, not look the other way, not do something to get distracted, not, to let the, the light of, uh, of, of the free and open internet be, to be directed somewhere else, so not to amuse ourselves with, with petty amusements, but to get involved in the game, the, the only game that matters, the one for all the marbles, the fight for our future, and we can do that through things like this SOPA strike, which is already having an effect and is getting them to back down once again. And once again, that doesn't mean that we should give up and we should just declare victory and go and go home. It means that we have to stand up and continue to stand up and continue to speak out and not give up. We have to guard our liberties jealously or they will be taken. And as I say, this is something that has happened time and time and time again throughout issue after issue. And until we understand that this is something that we, that has been done in the past, can be done again and must be done in order for us to protect our liberties, we will lose all of them. So here, again, let's think of some other examples, even from the recent past, in which people power has overcome the tyranny of the system. And we can look no further than just a couple of short years ago, back in 2009 when the Obamacare debates were raging throughout the United States that was a case where this was just going to be some legislation that uh, Obama and his uh, supermajority were just going to ramrod through the House, ramrod through the Senate, get it signed into law, and uh, clear sailing from there on in, all of a sudden, automatic tyranny. But oddly enough people actually spoke out. People actually stood up. People actually said no, and they meant it, and they said it forcefully. And the town halls in the summer of 2009 became an absolute focus of attention because the people made them into it. They made their voices heard. And lo and behold, all of the fuss that was kicked up, well, it might actually have had some effect at any rate. We have this from November 15, 2011, from newsbusters.org that notes, The, uh, uh, Obamacare is coming apart at the seams, and it says, quote, the Supreme Court has agreed to determine the constitutionality of Obamacare after 26 states have appealed for it to do so. And explicit, as explicitly stated in the 10th Amendment, once again, states' rights, state sovereignty, sovereignty, the people have the power, not Washington, D.C. The powers not specifically vested in the federal government by the Constitution are reserved to the states and the people which Obamacare supersedes by requiring nearly every American to purchase health insurance. And keep in mind, folks, that just like the NDAA, Obamacare is null and void and has absolutely no effect because it is unconstitutional. Any law that is unconstitutional is null and void from its inception. It has no force of law. You are not required to be obedient to laws that are against the Constitution. That is the fundamental point of living in the constitutional democratic republic which is the united states of america and you are lucky because so many of us around the world like me here in japan and many others do not live in constitutional republics Many of them still live in monarchies, if you can believe it. Constitutional monarchies, though they may be, the uh, Constitution is really just trappings, as was unfortunately woefully demonstrated at the G20 conference in Toronto last year in Canada. I'm sorry, two years ago now. In Canada, where it was demonstrated that uh, the the the, uh, Canadian equivalent of the Bill of Rights yeah, the uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms is uh, is just a subject subject to whatever laws, whatever things they want to pass. Well, you in America, you do have a say, and if something is unconstitutional, you are not bound to follow it. And uh, this, again, we see it time and time again. The people stand up, they back down. We saw it with the TSA. Do you remember all of that with the TSA and the unconstitutional searches and the groping and all of the ridiculousness that are going on in the airports? And the cry and the hue that were kicked up because of sites like Drudge Report, which actually led the way in spearheading the protests against that? Do you remember there was a big boycott that was orchestrated for November 29th to coincide with Thanksgiving holidays so that people would be able to see the tyranny and would understand that this is something that they can opt out of and that they should opt out of? Well, I hope you do remember that because, once again, it's important to understand how that little game played out. And again, the government used a different type of PSYOP to try to convince people that they don't have the power in that situation, even though, once again, they do So when we come back from this break, we're going to go over the TSA and the whole brouhaha around the entire naked body scanning and the groping and all of the other ridiculous abuses of constitutional government that the TSA have been engaged in. And we're going to look at how the people stood up against that. And once again, how we can win this game. We'll be right back on Corporate Report Radio. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Here we are on this 18th of January, 2012, standing in solidarity with those people speaking up and holding their ground against government tyranny all around the world. More information, of course, at sopastrike.com. Of course, that was the immortal Neil Young, the only Canadian musical expert that I'm proud to be associated with And we are rocking in the free world here on Corbett Report Radio, going through the solution to this tyranny, which is simply refusing to consent. And the opt-out meme almost did become a meme a couple of years ago, back when the uh, TSA was really starting to get going with its absolute ridiculous naked body scanning and groping and all of the other abuses that it was doing in the name of keeping everyone safe from those boogeyman terrorists who we are always told are hiding under every bed and around every corner. And the opt-out day was an idea that came out uh, in the latter part of November of 2010 when masses of people decided they were all going to opt out simultaneously on Thanksgiving Day weekend, the busiest travel time of the year in the United States. They were going to cause massive delays and massive holdups and demonstrate in a way that would not be would absolutely not be, uh, not something that the media could look away from, not, not something that could be swept under the rug, demonstrate that once again the people have the power and that they can bring the system down. And lo and behold, what happened in that case? Well, first of all, in the lead-up to the opt-out day, of course they put out the PSYOP agents to try to tell people, oh, don't do it, back down, it's not a good idea, you don't, you don't want to do this. So we have, for example, from USA Today from November 2010, this ridiculous post, TSA chief says opt-out boycott would be a mistake. Well, I'm sure it would. Well, according to you anyway. Or we even had the more, slightly more subtle, but no less ineffective, ridiculous stand-down techniques from the, uh, the prostitutes in the corporate media, like Discovery News, the Discovery Channel, oh that bastion of authority, please tell us what to do. And they had this article from November 22nd, 2010, TSA opt-out protest, likely ineffective. With this ridiculous passage, it says, Americans have a long history of creating ineffective pseudo protests against policies and industries they don't like. For example, in 1999, a group upset over high gas prices created a campaign called the Great Gas Out. Chain emails were sent to millions, millions of people asking them to not buy gas on a specific day, to send a message to the gas companies, to let them know that we won't stand for high prices. The idea was that the oil industry would be hit where it hurts on the bottom line by the power of the American consumer, and straighten up their act. This citizen protest, and the several other opt-out days that followed in later years, was a total failure. The misguided activists, though tapping into widespread public anger, had badly misunderstood basic supply and demand economics. Most people ignored the call to arms, or to stay away from the gas pump, though the protest would be, would have been ineffective even if millions of people had participated, for many reasons, including that gas stations have little control over the prices they charge. It seems likely that the same fate will befall the opt-out day. There's an American idiom, cutting off the nose despite the face, that describes the actions of a person who overreacts to a problem or irritant, and pursues, of course, of action that does more harm to the person than to the source of the problem. So we see ridiculous rollouts of PSYOP techniques like that. Oh, stand down, you don't want to do this, this is ineffective. You guys are going to fail. You guys have no idea what you're doing. You don't understand how this works. Oh, it's it's just going to be a terrible idea. Idea. And then Thanksgiving Day comes, and lo and behold, what happens? Well, we'll take this from naturalnews.com. TSA turns off naked body scanners to avoid opt-out day protests. Quote, anticipating a nationwide grassroots surge of protests against naked body scanners and aggressive pat-downs, The TSA simply turned off its naked body scanners on Wednesday and let air travelers walk right through security checkpoints without being x-rayed or molested. All across the country, air travelers are reporting that the TSA simply deactivated the naked body scanners and let people go right through without a scan. Backscatter scanners are off, no scan, no pat-down, reported a traveler from the Seattle airport. Backscatter machines aren't being used at LAX, reported another traveler. They're all roped off. Much the same story is being reported all across the country. Well, there are two things that I think we can take home from that story. One is that in a very limited way, certainly the people did stand up, they did say they were going to say no, and the government coalesced, all right, okay, guys, you win, we'll turn it off. But, of course, that in itself was the PSYOP because the entire point was not to let the people have the PR victory, not to let the people realize that they have the power to bring down a government system like this. So instead, just turn it off for a day or two. Once the opt-out day is gone, once people have uh, returned to their usual routine, we'll go right back to it. And, of course, that's exactly what happened with Video after video after video coming out for the uh, the next year year and a half that it's been now of people being continuing to be groped and humiliated in public in the name of this security when of course we all know it's not nothing whatsoever to do with security and it's exactly this pattern that will repeat itself if we organize and if we speak out if we say no if we make a big deal out of a certain day they will back down. But rest assured, as soon as we just back off the issue, once we we go back to our regular lives, once we take our eyes off the ball, they're going to have their way with it behind our backs once again, which is why this SOPAstrike.com is important for raising awareness and raising momentum for the the opposition to SOPA and PIPA. But it is not the be-all and end-all, and they will be back time and again, rest assured. So we cannot back down and we cannot give in. So let's go to some more examples because there are many, many more of how people have stood up and had an effect and how the government keeps coming back when people aren't looking. And we can turn to the uh, the issue of health freedom, one of the absolute most bedrock issues in the entire world that we can deal with and that we can have an effect on in our own level, which is what we, what we allow to happen to our bodies, what we allow the government to mandate for us. So back in the 1990s, the U.S. government, of course, had their mandatory anthrax vaccinations for military personnel, except there were military personnel who realized that the anthrax vaccines were not in their best interest, and they started to opt out. They started to refuse the vaccines under threat of court-martial. And so, for example, the Orlando Sentinel ran a story on April 18, 1988, 1998, sorry, some Gulf troops refusing vaccine against anthrax. Talking about some of the uh, reservists and armed forces members who had been refusing the mandatory anthrax vaccine because of safety issues. Lo and behold, December 23rd, 2003, Judge Halt's forced anthrax vaccines. And it says, quote, a federal judge Monday admonished the government for using servicemen and women as guinea pigs for experimental drugs and blocked the Pentagon from forcing members of the armed forces to get anthrax vaccinations. woohoo, go team, we win. But back in 2005, the U.S. government reinstituted a anthrax vaccination scheme. This time it was voluntary, so people could opt in if they wanted it. Well, what was the result of that? From July seventh, two 2005, half of U.S. military personnel refused anthrax shot. So they make it a completely voluntary thing, and lo and behold, half of the entire military population decided to say no. So what did they do in 2006? As soon as the judge and the courts let them do it, they once again made it mandatory for military personnel. So once again, people take their eyes off the issue. It once again starts to get, they start to press and they start to take more. So once again, military personnel had to, under threat of court-martial, take this experimental anthrax vaccine, which they know had been responsible for getting many of their servicemen sick, many of their fellow brothers. Well, 2007, people still continuing to fight back. Soldier faces threats from military after refusing anthrax vaccine. There are more reports from 2009, 2010, 2011. They're still refusing the vaccine, and they're still getting prosecuted for it. They are still resisting. They are still saying no. And once again, it comes down to what will you allow the government to tell you what to do? When will you draw the line? Where will you say no? And people say, well, that's the military. Of course, if you sign up for the Army or the the Navy or or some military force, well, you have to do what they say. It's their rules. Well, what if they start applying this to civilians? Oh, wait, they already have. So, for example, back during the swine flu scare, that dreaded scourge, the H1N1 that was sweeping the world back in 2009. Oh, my God, what a terrible level six pandemic pandemic. It's going to kill everyone, except for the fact that it ultimately ended up being responsible for less deaths than the average flu causes in the average year. In fact, not just less, but startlingly fewer deaths. And please look up that statistic if you don't believe me on that point. But, of course, during the hype and pandemonium, the media generated pandemonium over the swine flu pandemic, we had all sorts of ridiculous measures being passed and adopted by various legislatures, including in New York State, where they tried to mandate H1N1 flu shots for healthcare workers despite the fact that these H1N1 shots had been had bypassed the regular screening process for new experimental vaccines which these ones most certainly were with new and experimental adjuvants to try to make the uh, vaccines more effective that had never been tested before and they were bypassing regular screening and and experiments in order to be mandated for the healthcare workers because think of the healthcare workers think of all the people they're dealing with they need to be they need to have this loving shot injected into them and if why would they say no so they tried to make it mandatory and back in September of 2009 we have this New York healthcare workers protest mandatory H1N1 flu shots with hundreds of healthcare workers going to the door of the legislature in Albany protesting this mandatory vaccine, and it wasn't just in New York. It was all over the world. We have this from globalresearch.ca. British nurses refused to have swine flu vaccination. But, of course, in that case, too, we had the the corporate prostitutes coming out trying to tell people, oh, oh, you're just being silly. So we had ridiculous articles like this one from msnbc.com. Come on, health workers, get your swine flu shots. I'm not making it up. That is actually the headline by this so-called health writer, Jo Nell from msnbc.com, which starts with this ridiculous sentence. Healthcare workers have been bumped to the front of the line for swine flu shots this fall, but experts say the biggest worry isn't whether doctors, nurses, and other professionals can get the vaccine. It's whether they will. And it goes on to warn of all of these dreaded, Oh, terrorists like nurses and doctors who are refusing this experimental vaccine. What's your problem? Come on, healthcare workers, just get your flu shots. Just take it. Well, what was the result of the people standing up and saying no and protesting on the doors of the legislature? Oh, well, we have this up- update from October 22nd of 2009 from the uh, Stanford Center for Law and the Biosciences blog. It says the Stanford Law Center for Law. Uh, uh, sorry, it says last Friday, Justice Thomas J. McNamara, an acting justice of the state Supreme Court in Albany, issued a temporary restraining order preventing the enforcement of the New York State mandate requiring all healthcare workers with direct patient contact to get the H1N1 and seasonal flu vaccines. So once again, the people stand up, the system backs down, the people take an inch. The system gives them that inch. But as soon as they look away, guess what happens? And we have this from uh, fairly recently here on WashingtonPost.com. Federal advisors endorse testing anthrax vaccine in children. You can't make this up. Quote, a key panel of government advisors Friday recommended that the federal government sponsor a controversial study to test the anthrax vaccine in children to see whether the inoculation would protect young Americans against a bioterrorist attack, end quote. Yes, I'm sure the government is just so, oh so concerned about the health and well-being of these children. And, oh, well, we better shoot them up with this experimental vaccine in order to find out what will happen. Oh, it will be so good for them, just like the vaccines were were good for those those military serv- service personnel, half of whom refused to take the shots, or were those uh, New York State healthcare workers hundreds and hundreds of whom turned out to protest the mandatory vaccines just why won't they listen to us why won't they do what they're told and step into line and of course it's not just the vaccines although that's a huge issue the idea of the government being able to tell you what to put into your own arm into your own bloodstream into your own body being mandated to do so simply because the government presumes to pass some piece of paper in some legislature somewhere in some state capital or in some nation capital that you've never even been to but, uh, but it, it of course, it, it affects so many other aspects of our lives. And once again, when the people stand up, the people can have an incredible effect, as has happened time and time again and is increasingly starting to happen. It's becoming a snowball of uh, victories on the fluoride front. And we've talked before on this podcast, uh, this broadcast about fluoride being removed from the water supply in Calgary, my hometown in Canada. And of course, we have this from CBC News on February 8th, 2011. Calgary removing fluoride from water supply. That was the result of a years long, a decades long, in some sense, campaign. To try to first educate the city about why it's important to get the fluoride taken out, and then to actually get that enough political momentum behind the idea to get it to happen. And of course, the uh, the cover story that they'll use in the mainstream, the the corporate bought and paid for media, is oh well, it's about the it's about the money. They get to save seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year by not putting the fluoride in the water supply. So it's just a a monetary consideration. But of course, it wasn't. Of course, they sat through. Meeting after meeting after meeting with scientists and doctors presenting scientific information about why fluoride is a poison, why it must be taken out, and that's ultimately what did it and sent it over the top. A huge public debate arose, people got informed, and the fluoride got taken out in Calgary. But it's not just Calgary. Back in October of 2011, Florida as well. Florida's Pinellas County rejects fluoride in drinking water. So, uh, once again, the legislature gets informed and stands up, and the people win. It happened again in Lakeshore, Ontario, in Canada. Again, from CBC News, November first, two 2011, Lakeshore removes fluoride from water supply. So, once again, it can happen, and it does happen, all around the world, each and every day. But, of course, they're not going to trumpet it, they're not going to blast it out, they're not going to make a big deal about it because they don't want you to realize, they don't want you to understand that when you stand up, when you take action, you can win. And of course, as soon as you back down, as soon as you give up, as soon as you stop resisting, they will come right back and take every bit back and more. And that's why we cannot give in and we cannot give up. Again, there are too many examples of this to go through. I can't possibly go through them all but we can take a look at the anti-globalization protests the of course the battle of seattle in 1999 that really brought that wto meeting to a grinding halt then we saw the g8 protests uh, developing over the course of that decade from the 2001 genoa protests where the police were eventually found responsible and several of them went to jail for trying to uh... to abuse and otherwise mistreat some of the people in those protests we saw the major protests against the G8 in uh, in uh, in Canada, in, in Toronto. We saw it against London. We saw the big protests against in Montebello against the SPP. We've seen people standing up and taking action time and time again and derailing agendas with the uh, with the G20 the G8 they've had to retreat to more and more remote locations to try to get away from the protesters with Bilderberg they're getting overrun with protesters at every meeting now the people are waking up they are standing up and they are realizing their power and that is our victory as soon as we stop doing that that is our defeat we'll be right back after these messages to wrap things up here on Corbett Report Radio .com and here we are on corporate report radio going over the solution not the problem but the answer and that is simply standing up taking action letting your voice be heard and not giving up and not backing down no matter what what they throw at you no matter what type of propaganda they put in front of your face, no matter what they say about how ineffective you are and how your protests will never amount to anything, and all of the other things that they'll say through all of their mouthpieces, wherever they might be, in whatever form of of media or government or whatever spokesperson they want to put out for, for this message, don't you believe it. You do have power, and the solution is to look in the mirror and to decide you are not going to take this or that tyranny Of course, the one that we're all looking at today on this 18th of January, 2012, is SOPA and PIPA, with the SOPA strike going on right now at SOPAstrike.com. But that's only the beginning of the battle. That's only part of the battle. The battle is still engaged. Why stand we here idle? And absolutely, let me use these closing minutes to stress that, of course, they never, ever want a fair fight with the public. They never want to go head-on against public opinion and against uh, a popular uprising like what's taking place against SOPA right now, which is why they will do everything in their power to avoid it. They'll try to pass things in secret. They'll try to keep something under the uh, under the radar until it's time to, to pass. They'll try to go to Jekyll Island and, and plan out their, their Federal Reserve and then pass it during a a, a recess appointment during the Senate and uh, during Christmas of two, uh, 1913. They'll do all of their little tricks to try to get things by you, but once the opposition is there and aware and looking at what they're doing, they have to back down. They have to give up. They have to give in. And of course they'll come back time and time again. That is not demoralizing. That's not meant to say that your protests aren't effective. That isn't meant to say that all of this is in vain. It is merely to say that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And I think some people don't understand what that word eternal means. It means never ending. We can never stop. We can never back down. We can never give up. We can never turn turn our backs on the evildoers who are trying to take your liberties because they will take absolutely as much as we give them. So this is not meant to be a stand-down order or to to be a big pat on the back. Of course, it is to say that we do have the power, and the power is all ours, but if we don't flex that muscle like any other muscle, it will atrophy, and it will die, and eventually we will be enslaved. So the choice is ours, and it lies in our hands. Will we stand up or will we stand down? My advice to you is stand up and continue To stand up. Never, ever take your eye off the prize. Never let them slip one past the goalie. And on that note, of course, the Corbett Report and all of the work that I've been doing for the last five years, I certainly hope people realize that this is not a message of doom and gloom, and this is not a message that we are all doomed, so just give up now, abandon all hope ye who enter the new world order. It's the precise opposite. It's the fact that we do have an effect and that we are able to fight back through things like the free and open Internet. So take from the Corbett Report exactly what it's meant to be. It's a source of information that you can use to find out what the, the threats are, where they're coming from, and then you can stand up. You can take the action into your own hands. Don't wait for orders from headquarters. Don't wait for some media figure from on high to tell you what to do. Just start doing it. And, of course, the Corbett Report is listener-funded and listener-supported, so if you do appreciate the work I've been doing, I hope you will go to CorbettReport.com, sign up for a subscription to my newsletter and or buy some of my DVDs. And on that note, we'll leave it there for tonight. We'll be back on Corbett Report Radio tomorrow night with James Evan Pilato to go over food, health, and environment stories from FoodWorldOrder.com. Until then, take care and take action.